I am so excited about what God has for us this morning. I'm always excited. I'm always a little nervous, too, if I'm being honest. But I'm always excited about what the Lord has to share with us. Valerie, I was standing behind you uh, during praise and worship, and I thought, she is like a human emoji. You know? It's like, (laughs) she's so expressive. And I mean, she's like, and most of the time, it's happy face. (laughs) You know? But I just thought, you know, you bring something really rich. I'm so glad that you're here this morning. We miss you. Um, Want to get into the Word this morning. This morning, I think God wants to expand our understanding of who he is, our comprehension of this mighty God that we serve. I think he wants to make the image bigger. Are you ready to go there with me this morning? I'm expecting God to do something. And I know that I know he has a a word for us this morning. And I want us to grab hold of that because this whole series, this God of wonder series is about making God big enough in our lives that the issues become small. It's about embracing a God who knows everything so that we know we have someone who has the answers. Amen. So let's stand up and get into the word for just a moment. Are you ready? Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me too lofty for me to attain. Father, I'm so grateful that you are a a God who is too big for us to fully understand. I'm so grateful that you are uncontainable and unrestrainable. I thank thank you, Father God, that we cannot um, adequately use human words to describe you. That's how huge you are. That's how wonderful and majestic you are. And today I ask, Father God, that we would lean into that place in you, that place that expands our spirit and allows us, Father, to see you in a different way this morning. I thank you, Father, that you are calling us deeper and higher at the same time. I thank you that only you can do that. I ask, Father, that everything that is of me, that they would forget it before they leave this room. But, Father, everything that comes from you, let it stand and produce fruit in our lives. In Jesus' name, and they all said, Amen. Amen. I want God to produce fruit in my life. Does anybody in here ever have any questions about anything that might be going on in the world? (laughs) Does anyone ever feel uncertain about anything? I'm so glad God is sovereign. I'm so glad God is sovereign. And I'm in my my teaching mode. I'm in my uh, teaching process. It takes me about a month to get through a message, honestly. And in this process, I'm reading things and I'm I'm listening to things and I'm just seeking the Lord. And I come across this headline. And it is uh, USA Today. And the headline reads, Human Need to Know Future Boosts Psychic Popularity. And the subtitle read, Paranormal beliefs are positive coping mechanism in uncertain times. And I went, what? 
I mean, are they, where's the punchline here? And then it goes on to cite this poll. It says one in seven Americans seek out psychics for answers. And then it says one in four wake up every morning and read their horoscope to find out how their day's going to go. <laughs> and it says out of that one in four, 85% believe that their astrological sign has everything to do with who they are, how they're going to turn out, how their day's going to go. It's all tied up in that. Chicago Sun-Times had the headline that said, America obsessed with psychics, mediums, and spiritists. You know what? I'm thinking if all of that stuff was really important, we might have found a passage of Scripture that was kind of like, and Jesus, being a Leo, <laughs> sought to be the speaker at outdoor conferences, seeking the spotlight, as is the want of all Leos. Doesn't that sound so silly? But inquiring mind will want to know. And I'm thinking about this, and, I'm, and I'm, 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 I'm reading this, and I know in my spirit that it has something to do with what I'm getting ready to teach. And so um, and I'm looking for confirmation. And then, of course, Pastor Ronnie begins teaching last week, and he uses the passage of Scripture that says, tell us the future so that we may know you are God's. And I'm like, I wish he would say something that was relevant to what I'm trying to find out here. <laughs> and so I'm sitting there and I'm jotting this down and I'm going to try to get it. We'll see. And so I'm, I'm listening to this and I'm thinking of everything that's going on and my little poet heart just came out and I started writing. I had just etched psychics, astrologers, mediums, oh my horoscopes, seances, readings that lie, counterfeit clairvoyance, a Ouija board show, palm readers letting inquiring minds know, tarot cards, tea leaves, spirits that speak, luring the weak hearts with answers they seek, never once questioning or thinking it odd, because we've forgotten we have an omniscient God. A God who gives answers without wicked schemes. A God who breathes visions and gives old men dreams. A God who knows everything about this life that we lead. A God who holds every detail that we need. So who will you run to when questions abound? The God of the heavens or prince of the ground. For one guesses futures, but one holds it all. My question is simple. Who are you going to call? <laughs> it sounds so silly sometimes. And I'm like, God, what has this got to do with you being an all-knowing God? What has this got to do with you being omniscient? And he said, it has everything to do with it. Because when we lose that knowledge, when we lose the understanding that we have a God who knows everything, we begin to seek the lesser gods who pretend to know anything. 
and we content ourselves because we so want peace and we so want answers and we become so troubled in our spirits that the last place we seek is a God who knows everything. And that is who we serve. That is who we have. It is an omniscient God. God knows. It's so funny. I can remember my mom saying that all the time. God knows. And it was either a promise or a threat. (laughs) It it was like a a hope or an indictment. You never really knew. It's kind of dependent upon the circumstances God knows. And, And can I just be honest enough to say that there were times in my life that I really, really, really disliked the fact that God knew everything. I know none of you guys can, re- can relate to that. I you know no, you guys can. <laughs> <laughs> to know that God knows everything, and it was, it was just so hard to know Him, because I grew up knowing the Scriptures, and I have never in my life doubted for a moment that God saw me every minute of every day. And I can't tell you how many situations that I, God has kept me from by reminding me of the passage of Scripture and being surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. I'm like, really? For real, God? Can't the witnesses just go to dinner? But this knowledge that God knows, so great and so comforting or so troubling, depending upon where you are in your life at this point in time. But see, we have a world that looks for answers in all of the wrong places because we've stopped telling them that God knows. In our need to make God small enough and palatable enough, in our need to have an intimate relationship with God, we have made him so small that we have removed the vast power of his resume. We no longer talk about this miraculous God because we're afraid he won't show up with miracles. He is a miraculous God whether we see it or not. And see, This thing that that God knows everything has been like the bane and the blessing of my existence. (laughs) I've been so happy that he doesn't, so sad that he does. It's been both because it's two sides of a coin. Because on one hand, there's such great peace in knowing that God knows everything. That he knows everything about me. There's so much peace in that. In moments when when I'm going through things and I can just settle myself and go, God, I know that you know. God, I know that you see me. See, sometimes it's, it's hard because when you know that God knows everything, then sometimes the question comes up, well, God, if you knew, then why didn't you stop it? God, if you knew that this was going to happen, why didn't you step in and why didn't you do something, God? But, but what I have come after so many years of walking this path with him, what I have come to know is that so much more is going on than what we see. There's so much at play here, and he is so much beyond us, so much bigger that these situations that might seem devastating to us in the moment, there's a greater work taking place. One day we'll understand. But until we understand what God has done because of his faithfulness over time in my life, what I have learned to do that in those moments where I'm going, God, you know, now it's followed by the words. And I trust you. And I trust you. I trust him in all things I know. And in those moments when I'm unsettled, I have to go back to God, I trust you. 
And see, that's what the people look for. The ones that are running to this lesser God or this lesser God, they're looking for answers that will bring peace and assurance when only God can do that. Only God can make that happen. It's so hard for us to understand what an omniscient God knows. I mean, it's such a big word. I mean, they could have just said God knows it all, you know, but no, omniscient. And I said, Lord, help me explain this a little bit. I want you to think of the one person in your life, or think of a person in your life. Might be your spouse, might be your brother or your sister, it might be your child, your best friend that you grew up with, met in kindergarten. I want you to think about that one person that you know them. You know them. They don't have to say a word, and you know what they're thinking. One eyebrow is raised, and there's a paragraph behind it. And you know what it is. You know the thing that embarrassed them most in life. You know their heartbreak. You know their illusions. You know the things that took their legs out from under them and their greatest victories. Think of that person. You got somebody in mind? I'm thinking for a lot of us, it's probably Ronnie because he tells all of his stories up here. We're like, we know him pretty well. (laughs) Think of that person. Think of those nuances. Think of that child or that spouse and those, those phrases, those dreams, those everything. Now I want you to take that knowledge, that fullness, that relationship, all of that that just came through your spirit, that smile, that connection, those words, and now I want you to multiply it by 7.5 billion people. I want you to take that intimate, secret-knowing relationship, and I want you to imagine for a moment that you know that about every person sitting in this room and that you know that about every person in this town, in this city, in this state, in this nation, every continent, that intimate knowledge. Now take that knowledge, those dreams, those visions, those hopes, those disappointments, those tears, take all of that and now add to that the knowledge of a DNA strand in every single person, every DNA strand, every hair numbered on their heads, every time they've been hurt, every time they've called out, everything about them. And then add to it, (laughs) just add to it the knowledge of the mechanics of universes, of stars being set in orbit, of planets and people. And you're just beginning to scratch the surface of who this God is. You're just beginning to scratch the surface of this omniscient God. And why is this important? Why is this important? Because he's so much bigger. He's so much bigger. And if he is a really big God who knows everything about us, who is omnipresent, who is in every moment with us, and who is omnipotent, has the power to do anything Why would you walk around on this planet afraid of anything? Why would you walk around anxious? Why would you walk around worried? Why would you bow to these lesser gods when you have a God who knows? And see, until we can expand our spirits to believe and receive a God who is so far beyond our wildest imaginations, we will continue to bow to those lesser gods and run to them. Gods like fear and anxiety like greed or lust, 
These tiny gods that speak with big voices and try and convince us that they're in control. But see, we have a relationship with this God, this mighty God. And see, this God knows everything about me. This God knows my weaknesses. He knows where I fail and where I fall. And he knows the things that push my buttons. He knows every bruise I've ever received. He knows the things I delight in. He knows what makes me cry. God knows me. He knows everything about me. And the beauty of it is, is that he loves me. He loves me. And that's, that's the thing that we lost for the longest time. It's like this judgmental, all-knowing God who saw our flaws and our failures without that beautiful grace and love that he has. And see, the wonderful thing about God I mean, there's many wonderful things, but this thing that gets me the most is that he speaks the language of tears. He speaks these silent languages. He knows the meaning of my groans before him. When I have no words, when I can't get anything out, he knows how to interpret me. How rare. And how precious to have someone who knows what you're saying without words. How rare and precious. A few years ago, I shared this, and I really felt like the Lord would have me share it again this morning. Some of you just needed to know this morning that God sees you, that he knows you, that he loves you, and he knows what's going on in your hearts. Many years ago, My niece was three, and she was just this beautiful, vibrant little three-year-old girl. Those of you who have babies, you know. She had dark, curly hair and was just into everything. Heather was just just the light and life of the party, just super sweet baby. And my sister and I, Angie, she's 15 months younger than I am, we had babies like stair steps. I had Erin, then she had Heather. Then after Heather was Justin, and then Justin was Matthew, and then after Matthew was Cameron, and they were like one year apart, each of them. You know, and my mom's like, stop! <laughs> and we lived literally, like I lived as close to her about from here to CVS, the other side of CVS, and so I would put my kids in a red wagon and I would walk to her house with the kids pulling them. We only had one car at the time, and we were broke. But anyway, and every day we would do dinner together. And we would spend time together. And when Heather got sick, it wasn't like, oh, that's her family. That was my family. And uh, she was so brave and she was so strong. And she, she was just such the sweetest child. And I watched this vibrant child become weaker and weaker and more frail with these treatments. And... It wasn't that she was worried about herself. She was worried about everybody else. I mean, she would go for chemo and and she would look at her mom and she'd go, Mommy, I won't cry if you won't cry. Because she didn't want her mom to be upset. She lost all of her hair. We put these little caps on her and her smile never changed in all of it. And one day I had gone to Angie's and we were at dinner And all the five kids were playing, doing their thing. And as Angie and I are walking around, she stopped. There's this piece of paper in the floor, this little wadded up piece of paper. And she picks it up. 
And it's just got like a little crayon scribble on it. Scribble, just scribble, like somebody scribbled something and just thrown it away. And we walk a little bit further and over behind the chair, there's another one and she picks it up and it's got scribbles on it. And then you're looking over on the windowsill. There's a little piece of paper up on the, uh, on the thing and, and we're looking at each other and, and she's like, those kids, good night. And you look and they're everywhere. There's one in a ficus plant. No kidding. And then she says, hey guys, come in here. And she holds one of them up and she says, who is throwing their trash all around? Who's? And this little bald-headed baby girl steps up and goes, oh, mommy, those are my letters to God. And see, we couldn't read what was on that page. But God spoke her language. He knew everything that was written. He knew everything that was in that baby's heart. And can I tell you, her vocabulary could not have said this hurts. Her vocabulary couldn't say, God, this is breaking my heart. But God knew. And some of you have places and things written in your life that you just can't even put voice to. And I want you to know that God speaks your language. God knows. That baby girl is 31 years old. <laughs> she got her master's in nursing and now she teaches other nurses to take care of babies like her. We can't understand the things that God is doing. Oh, but the assurance and the comfort of knowing that God knows you have a God who knows